Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for another practice report presented by Buyers Auto. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I am Spencer Holbrook. Fellas, uh, Jim Knowles, Brian Hartline take center stage today after we got to watch a little bit of open practice, about 30, 40 minutes of practice, five full periods of these Buckeyes. Drills. Then they practiced uh, the good stuff, not the individual stuff, not the stretching. Uh, we didn't get to watch any of that. Uh, but then we did hear again from Jim Knowles, the defense coordinator, Brian Hartline, the offensive coordinator and prospective play caller. Tim, a big takeaway after speaking with those two uh just one football minds, I guess. If yeah, you just call one. It. Yeah, it, I mean it's a twenty-minute show, Tim. We're gonna yeah. be here a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll just go to Brian Hartline because you know you, you know I've got stuff on nose too. But Brian Hartline just he really likes the way those freshman wide receivers are coming along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Ballard continues to have a, in my opinion, sort of a an eye-opening spring from the standpoint of. The more consistent he plays, the better he looks. Mm-hmm. You know, which hey, there's a big surprise, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's just in a wide receiver realm because you know, with the two guys missing, Emeka Egbuka and Julian Fleming, and of course Brandon Ennis not being here yet, it was the time for some of these other names to step up, opportunities, etc. And uh, you know, like you know, Colonel Tate losing his his black stripe, etc. Uh, after after Saturday. Uh, that there's development going on there. Like he yeah. says, he likes six or seven of those guys right now. He has six or seven names in mind. Wouldn't name who those six or seven were, but you got to figure that's four of them. Andy? Yeah, from the Jim Knowles side of things, he talked a lot about the secondary and how they're kind of pleased right now with the development of the back end. Just a lot of challenging balls, and part of that is that they don't have the top wide receivers available outside of Marvin, but there is this improvement in the secondary that they're noticing. We talked about the nickel position a lot. You know, people kind of target the linebackers and the 4-2-5 system and ask a lot of questions about that. But he said that the nickel position in his system is kind of what is not causing the most concern, but maybe the thing that they need to be most focused on right now in terms mm-hmm. of figuring out how to actually use that. Because a lot of the last year it was Tanner McAllister, it was more of a safety. Now they're trying to get more of the third cover corner in there. Mm-hmm. Talked about Cam Martinez has kind of stepped up in that role so far this spring. He's someone that he says has great footwork. He was a dual threat quarterback in high school, a really good athlete just in general. Uh, he's kind of stepped into that role. But Jahad Carter, someone else who's also in the mix for that role, but has shown the ability to play all three safety positions per se. So those are guys that are both in the mix for there at the nickel spot. I think we'll go to Knowles second. Uh, we'll go Heartline and Knowles on this show. This, There's only two this, guys really this, pra- this practice report presented by Byers Auto. Uh, fellas, I thought it was very interesting, Brian Heartline talking about six or seven, then praising what Carnell Tate's doing. If I if I had to count right now, you know what Marvin Harrison Jr. is. You know what Julian Fleming and Emeka Buka provide. You know what Xavier Johnson's going to do. He's absolutely going to be in the mix. Yeah. There's four. Jaden Ballard, question mark. Uh, you know, Caleb Brown, maybe, question mark. Carnell Tate, that gets you to seven. Uh, Brandon Innes, maybe if he can take a step in a very quick amount of time from June to September. Yeah, but, but that's seven, Tim. 
Yeah. What, but what Brian I'm, was Brian, but Brian was very emphatic. For, for example, I just asked him about do you have Evan Pryor in mind right now as you think about this offense and stuff? You know, and you heard you heard my conversation with him. Bottom line is he's concerned with who he's got right now on the field right now who's practicing. You know, and uh, uh, and Ennis, you got to figure Ennis is going to come in and make an impact because everybody says he will. But like right now. I'm just, I'm just thinking. He's thinking. When he says six or seven, he's talking about the guys on hand. You know. I, so. I agree, Tim. But I also think that it, it's interesting as yeah, you try double speak. It's interesting as you try to count those seven. Yeah, is what yeah. I was getting at because That's what I just up. those those second year receivers seem to be not falling behind. But there's a couple of them that are on the field. There's a couple of them that aren't on the field right now. There's a couple of them that are practicing. One of them I think is practicing at a relatively high level, pushing for that punt returner job. Caleb Brown, maybe maybe into that rotation, but. Brian Hartline says seven. That's six or seven that he'd feel comfortable with. That's more than we've seen the last two or three years from this offense that hasn't really rotated receivers, Andy. And so I, I think that it is interesting that he's bringing up that six or seven number because now what we're all going to do in the Woody Hayes Athletics and all the media, we're going to go home, we're going to look at the depth chart, and we're going to try to count six or seven that he thinks he's that we think he might be confident in. Yeah, there's a lot of guys to consider. And also something we haven't really talked about yet is what is this – scheme going to look like? Is it going to be that much different? Will it look exactly the same as last year? How much is actually going to be changed? I think what kind of personnel packages are they running? If they run 12 personnel, who's the second tight end? You know, we haven't really talked about tight ends at all this spring. I mean, Joe Royer, someone that's involved in that mix, along with Kate Stover. Also, G. Scott is back out here and trying to have a kind of a bounce back season. Um, so, you know, that's another thing to consider, too, when you're talking about how many wide receivers and you're trying to count that grouping. Well, that's also affected by the tight end grouping, you know, and what personnel packages you're using. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, I mean, he's talking about the people who's available to him right now when he, when he talks about things. And uh, I, I, like I came out of Saturday scrimmage down at the end when, when the offense needed to score a couple, three times to get back into it and uh, end up winning 102 to 100. Who's one of the guys they threw to on a swing pass to the left side? It was Jelani Thurman, freshman. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a guy who's making, in my opinion, you noticed him Saturday. You're, you follow me? I mean, you noticed him in the warm-ups, you noticed him in the drills, and then you noticed him making a couple of plays on Saturday. And uh, I just think there are a lot, of, a lot of moving parts right now in this offense about who's going to rise as it goes along. Uh, G. Scott has had a couple of years now at tight end. Yeah, he, he makes a really good catch over the middle, actually right right hash, and then gets popped. Stayed down for a half second and jumped up and I think made the first down sign. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy who needs a stout spring to stay in the conversation, you do believe, because yeah. he was always lacking, and this isn't a bad thing, he was always lacking a little bit from the size standpoint of when he moved to tight end. Uh, and then, you know, last year kind of came and went and, you know, uh, who knows how much that just losing is cool and having that headbutt on the sidelines in that one game set him back in the coach's minds like, wait a minute, what are you doing? I mean, Ryan, they wanted him out of the, jerked him out of the game then. He didn't that, had an, that had an impact uh, on, on the thinking, their thinking about him being in a game. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So now he's got, you know, he's making up that ground that does appear and stuff. That, that's what the spring's all about is showing accountability uh, and consistency, which is what, uh, 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 Brian Hartline brought up about Jaden Ballard. He's got to be more consistent, which means everything, as he says. You know, yeah. I go, well, you know, I'm looking for some examples of that, but it's like running the right routes, blocking the right guy, staying on your block, uh, 
recognizing what the defense is trying to take away, et cetera, and making the right adjustment. All these kind of things that go into getting to play on Saturdays. And, uh, you know, there are reasons why guys see the field soon, sooner rather than later, and later rather than sooner, is those kind of things. Just like at right tackle right now, I think we're seeing, we're seeing something right now. We're seeing Tegra Shabola make a move, you know, in the spring. We're seeing him step up and kind of be that guy that they thought they were getting a couple years ago. Uh, right in front of us, you know, and Zen Mikulski's playing really hard, but Tegra Shabola appears to be making a move. And those are the things you keep in mind, like six practices into the spring. Well, as far as the wide receivers go, Tim, at your first point, like Jaden Ballard, for me in this wide receiver room for Ohio State, Andy is like, there's so many guys that are so talented. They recruit at such a high level wide receiver. I don't think the best ability here is availability for Ohio State. I think the best ability is dependability. Now that means being able to be on the field and being healthy, it but, it, but it also, yeah. availability ties into that, but it also means sure. when you are out there, if, are you consistent? Are you raising the level right. of this offense? Marvin Harrison raises the level of this offense, as does Julian Fleming and Emeka Ibuka and Trevion Henderson and Mayan Williams. You know that they've raised that level. For Jaden Ballard, if he's going to crack this rotation and he's going to actually have a breakout that a lot of people who watch these videos want to see from him, he has to have that certain level of dependability. That means being on the field, but when you're out there doing the right things and making sure that you're raising the ceiling of this offense, because if you're not, you're just not going to be on the field. And so like, that's the question with Jaden. That's the question with Carnell Tate. That's the question with a couple of these running backs. You know, A guy like Evan, who right now, not dependable because he's not out there and when he, we haven't really seen him out there. So we, you know, Brian Hartline declined to talk about him just because He's talking about the guys who are available and who are dependable right now. Jaden Ballard, I think, is or guys who have shown it in the past, yeah. like Emeka and Julian are yeah. in spring, but they've shown it in the past. A absolutely, and so I think that for Jaden, that's the big thing that I walk away with is like all of the things Brian Hartline said: accountability, uh, you know, consistency, uh, be being on the field. It all ties into dependability, and I think that's a big step that Jaden's going to have to take if he's going to take the step to get on the field. Well, what's the balance here, too? Because, like, not every position needs to rotate. Like, there's this intense rotation with the defensive line. We see it with other position groups here. But safety. Like, safety, especially in the back end. But, like, Well, we there saw that last year. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But, like, for the wide receiver grouping, like, they have guys that can do it for every down. Yeah. So, it's Marvin Harrison, Jr., you got Mecca Buka, Julian Fleming. They're confident. And then Xavier Johnson's the fourth piece there that, you know, you're not even really running a ton of 10 personnel, so he's a guy rotating in. How many guys do you need to rotate in to the point where you're just rotating to rotate? And I think the way that, you know, if you're looking at this team, like, it, it's production value. Like, if they start rotating, like, the Jaden Ballards, the Carnell Tates, you know, into this mix, and then you see a decrease in production from Marvin Harrison Jr., and then everyone's going to be like, well, yeah. why isn't Marvin Harrison Jr. producing like he did last year? So no one's going to be necessarily happy. I think the reality of the situation is they have this pipeline, and it creates these problems that are kind of like the luxury of riches. Yeah, but they, they don't so much have it. They have a pipeline, but they also have a storage facility, <laughs> a tank. Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem from. to have. But but yeah, but here's the here's the here's the here's the conundrum coaches go through all the time is, I've got some young guys here that. A lot of other places might be playing, you know, number one. But number two, you know, you you want to figure out a way to get these guys real experience, not on the practice field. Because what if what happens if an Emeka Egbuka has to go out, which has happened? Uh, Julian Fleming has to go out, which has happened. You know, fourth quarter of the uh, of the of the college football playoff semifinal, suddenly Marvin Harrison Jr. is not available. 
you know, and you saw the, the passing game step back. I mean, it definitely stepped back. Xavier Johnson was giving his all out there, but there, you don't equate those two. Right. Uh, that's that's what you have to work through is getting these guys real experience, but also knowing that the guys who are the elite in your group at the moment deserve to play, deserve as many reps in a game as they can get because they've earned it. And it, it's you know it's always a juggling match for for coaches to to figure that out. Uh, what's the best way of doing that? I think you almost should force yourself to play younger guys at certain points in the year, which they've done, but not to the degree maybe personally, I would like to see it happen. Uh, you know, uh, who knows how much farther along, Jaden, further along Jaden Ballard would be right now if he had played more last year. But he clearly, just from coach speak, wasn't doing the things on a consistent basis, there's that word again, consistent, consistency, in practice, et cetera, that warranted him getting those shots. Just like Brian sort of, Hartline said to us, he sort of said to us today in a paraphrased kind of way. Uh, so that's what you're always, but in the spring, man, let her rip, you know? A position group, Andy, that you already brought up on this show, on this practice for presented by Byers Auto, that uh, does have a lot of experience, does have a lot of depth, is, in my opinion, the safety room. If you want to talk about experience, as we flip the page over to the defensive side, we talked to Jim Knowles. This isn't just an offensive show. Like, Josh Proctor's played a lot of football. Jahad Carter's played a lot of football. Cam Martinez, at this point in his career, Lathan Ransom, those guys have played a lot of football. Sonny Styles has not, but he looks like he has. And so you've got a lot of depth in that safety room. You've got corners that now have all seen the field. Denzel Burke's a third-year starter coming into this. He'll be a third-year starter. Jordan Hancock's played a lot of ball there at the end of the year. Uh, Davis and Igbenosin started 10 games in the SEC last year. You've got young guys behind him, you know, other guys like, like Jair Brown, who's got a start under his belt. There's a lot of experience in that secondary, and I think that's why they're becoming more optimistic that that group can turn the page and be better than it was last year. Well, you need it to be better than it was last year. The big reason why it wasn't as good as they needed it to be was injuries and, and depth concerns, so you need that depth, and that's important, and that will, regardless of who gets hurt or, or whatnot, you're going to need that depth down the road, and it challenges competition as well. Um, you know, we see Davison, Ibanosin, even with the twos at times, but I'm sure he's also getting the mix with ones. Again, we only get to see a certain amount of practice, but I'm sure they're challenging each other. I mean, Jahad Carter running with the twos at times, but he's a guy who started for three years at Syracuse. I mean, he, he's accomplished, and you come into the mix here, and Jim Knowles talked about whether it's Davison or Jahad, they came in here not expecting. They weren't promised to be a starter. You don't come right. to Ohio State with that promise as a transfer. They don't take many transfers for that exact reason, but they come in here with the right attitude, and that's already shown with Davison losing his black stripe on Saturday in the scrimmage and them getting some good reps already. But, yes, that position group is kind of highlighted so far this spring, I feel like, mm -hmm. with the secondary. <laughs> and uh, it why, should why be. Why is that? Why well, is that? because, you know, like certain things happen in the final two games. Yeah, here's the thing. You're going to become a chef, right? You go to chef school or whatever. You get into a kitchen. Where's this going? Well, <laughs> my point is, you get into a kitchen, you're going to get burned a few times before you That's learn how going. to handle all of the utensils, all of the, all of the uh, deep fat frying pans, et cetera. Ohio State went through the burn phase last year with its secondary. I don't know if you agree or not. These guys should be much better cooks, much better chefs this year because they, they, a lot of these guys have experienced it the hard way. And dude, these coaches all know when you have young guys back there, and young can be, young can be a third-year guy who's inexperienced, 
when you have uh, young guys back there, you're gonna get burned. I mean, that, yeah. you, you hope you don't, but they got burned just for, for all kinds of reasons last year, especially when it mattered. And Jim knows is, you know, he, he doesn't shy away from that. He understands that, but he likes the way these guys have bounced back, you know, yeah. so to speak. And that's what's key is as is, is this spring goes on. With this fleet of receivers, like this, like we talked around talked around day about after the scrimmage on Saturday, you know, when you're the head coach, oh my goodness, we hit some big pass plays. As you look at it from the offensive side, oh no, they hit some big pass plays on us. As he looks at it from the defensive side, that's what you're going to deal with when you're at a place like Ohio State, and then, then now you have to judge are guys getting better, you know, on either side. Yeah. And I think that's. It's really interesting right now because, uh, and Jim Knowles, as he pointed out, hey, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country, no doubt about it. We still got to cover him, you know. Don't use that as the excuse. Well, he's the best. I oh. mean, he pointed that out today, and I'm going, yeah, that's that's what they're, you know, that's what they're going through at a place like Ohio State that you don't necessarily go through a lot of other places, and and it, without a doubt, it's a tough love situation I think right now in that secondary because last year's last year. This should be a totally new experience from the standpoint of competence. You know what's interesting to me, and I'm, I'm just thinking about this as we're recording this video, so if it's a little clunky, pardon me, but like, I see tough love in this end zone. I see fight in this end zone. And really, the entire building should have just been each letter of the words competitive stamina since Ryan Day took over in 2019. That was like his word, his, his phrase, competitive stamina, competitive stamina. Well, I watched them on Saturday go through an entire day of competition, charting almost every step these guys took and made, make it winner, loser, offense, defense. Every day when they get done with stretching, it's winner, loser, offense versus defense. They're, they're preaching this competitiveness without saying it. I think they're done with the talking points of being competitive and they're just putting them in competitive situations. It obviously wasn't maybe percol or resonating the way that they hoped when they were just talking. Well, like today though, he made a point before but practice started. Yeah. I, I, that's what I was getting. Yeah. Today, they took that curtain back a little bit and said, okay, we're gonna get better today. Yeah. We don't have to compete every single day to get better. But Saturday was a rough and tumble fight between the offense and the defense for most of practice. They were really going at it. Today, you could see that competitiveness translate without them saying, hey, we're keeping score. And I thought that's where this team has made some improvements, particularly in that wide receiver room, that quarterback room that we, we, we just keep stressing. And then in that secondary where there's guys who probably could be running with the ones, running with the twos. I think the competitiveness of this team has been heightened in just six days by the structures of these spring practices. I think that's probably my going away note right now, Andy, is like, I think they're getting more competitive and they're getting better because of it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we even see, you're looking at the shoot drills and you're seeing guys like Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton running with the ones and you see Mike Hall with the twos and that's a competition right there. I mean, those are three guys that can all be starting with the ones, probably all will spend time with the ones, but that's another position battle there that kind of goes overlooked. But I think uh, even talking about the quarterbacks, we didn't mention them today, but I know everyone wants to hear about them. You know, it's we only get to see a little bit, but you see that kind of competition even from what we do see, whether it's footwork drills, whether it's you know, throwing the deep ball. I think uh, you're seeing these guys compete, maybe press a little bit at times, but compete. And I, and I think that there's definitely that feeling here. Yeah, we probably should have led from the start. They did not name a starting quarterback. <laughs> Every day, we're just going to start leading with that, too? Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> we, I mean, I mean we one, could. Everybody wants to know the answer to that, and I understand that. I will say this, 
Cal McCord, in my opinion, had the more outstanding scrimmage uh, situation on Saturday. That's, you know, as Ryan Day said, stacking days on days, man. He stacked a really good day up there. And, uh, I thought today, Tim, don't mean to interrupt you, I thought for 40 minutes today, he stacked another one. Yeah. I thought he was on yeah. point this like morning. Devin Brown looks pretty good too, though, man. Yeah, I, no, I, and again, like, I keep writing this as I as I do this, like, and maybe I'll just start entering, inserting myself into this just to make sure people know, like, this is my opinion. But, like, I don't think Devin Brown is playing poorly in the spring. I think I'm seeing things yeah. from Kyle McCord that show me, man, this guy is a third-year quarterback, right. not a second-year quarterback. And right. I think there's a huge difference in this in this building as far as third-year to second-year, the progression you take and that step you take forward. I just, I'm seeing things from Kyle McCord that tell, the signs that say like, hey, like, you know, we're not we're not aiming a starter right now, but I, I think Kyle McCord is, is starting to maybe separate himself just a little bit um, as we're going through this, Andy. I think they're both well-liked guys, and you get that sense when you talk to them and you see their teammates around them, but I think it says a lot. At the end of that scrimmage, the Kyle McCord was the one down there for three chances to score, and they really scored on all those plays, yeah. but they wanted to see him in that position. Yeah. And every time when they did score, it was guys rallying around him and the other guys on that field, and especially when he pulled it on that zone read and scored there. And Wait, he can it. run? He can run uh, when wow. he needs to. And, wow. uh that was a great play, and then his entire team swarmed around him, and, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't do that for Devin. I'm just saying that that's noteworthy, yeah. and that's something to be said yeah. about leadership because yeah. that's one of the things that Ryan Day noted. He, you need a leader. And Hartline brought that up when I asked him, you know, uh, uh, a highlight from the whatever he thought that last sequence was the highlight. I mean, of when of we won. Because, you know, literally, I mean, the offense clearly was losing. You know, yeah. If you're keeping points, I mean, it is competitive situation. Even when the even when when Ryan Day said, you know, the whole idea about today was improvement. But improvement means you're showing you're winning battles. You know, mm -hmm. it shows you're you're winning certain situations, at least in the coaches' minds and stuff. Everything's always about co competition when it comes to this level of of college football. And uh, but yeah, there's sometimes there's a there's a there's a time to take the the reins back a little, or loosen the reins a little bit and let guys just go out there and play. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what today's practice was about. We only got to see four periods of it, but you know, there were, there's an esprit de corps to this group. I mean, I don't know if you agree or not. But then afterwards, when we walked out here, before we got to talk to uh, to Ryan Day, excuse me, to Brian Hartline and Jim Knowles, the defense coordinator, Ryan Day had his leadership council of players around him, like Tommy Eichenberg and uh, you know, a bunch of guys around him and he was telling them something. I mean, he was giving them some kind of like, whether it's a pep talk or whether it was a, that's what I like to see, or whether it's, this is what I want to see more of. I mean, you know, Ryan, man, he's uh, he's getting after it this spring in so yeah. many fashions. Even getting in line in the gauntlet where, where running backs and receivers are running by with the ball in their hands and slapping at their hands. He, you know, he was jumping in there, you know, if you can't hang, you can't hang on to the ball, you can't play here, basically, is his message. Yeah. And uh, so, it's just, you know, this is this is football practice at its at its uh, core. It's interesting, Tim, that uh, we're six practices in now here. The coverage at LettermanRoad.com of of Ohio State spring practice and the last every every summer or every spring since I joined Letterman Row, I've heard you say this could be the most talented Ohio State team well, we've ever seen. I haven't heard that yet this spring, and that's not saying that you don't think this could be the most talented Ohio State team. No, here, but here, it's here. I think that I'm ready to say right now that so far this is the most competitive I've seen spring. a team I've seen a team in the spring 
since 2019 yeah, when my, I started. Yeah, like my, this is a very competitive 15 practice my session. My question mark about this team, and it's going to be this way until they probably probably until they play Indiana, but definitely until they play Notre Dame, is is this offensive line going to be good enough? Uh, I think it is. I mean, even Brian Hartline, like Brian Hartline says, he's a positive thinker. He thinks things are going to come along, but that to me is going to sep is going to be the determining factor from good to great or great to elite. Uh, probably great to elite for this football team is does this offensive line come around and does a depth enough depth step up in that realm to uh, qualify them as a true contender? I think it will, but I you know you still got to see it. And that's I think the point that that I'm going to wrap up with here is like this might. Maybe it's not the most talented Ohio State team. The most talented Ohio State team I've ever seen, and I've been watching Ohio State since 1996. There's a lot of is, talent on this team. Is the 2019 team. It didn't win a yeah. national championship. The right. most talented team might not always win the 2015 title. 2015 was a hell of a team. Yeah, the, the 2002 team is, is probably not even top five most talented as far as since well, 2000, and I don't know they won that. a national title. So like They put a lot of guys in the NFL who played a long time. Right now, this is the most competitive I've seen a spring at Ohio State. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Spring rolls on. The coverage rolls on at lettermanrove.com as we cover Ohio State spring practice. Six practices in, practice number seven on Thursday, scrimmage number two, and practice number eight. A little double action there on Saturday. Letterman Row will be in attendance for all of it. The 40-year vet Tim May, he'll be here. Andy Backstrom, he'll be here. I'm Spencer Holbrook. I will be here as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the latest practice report presented by Byers Auto. We will see you back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Thursday for full coverage of the Buckeyes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.